Again, it's kind of family Sunday, so we're going to do some things a little different this morning, but I'm going to have some fun with this. But we're going to start off in Ephesians 1, but in a sense, but we're going to start off with the story of Jacob and Esau. Do you remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Right? They were twins, and the dad liked Esau, Isaac liked Esau, the mom liked Jacob, right? That's a problem, right? When your parents are picking favorites, and, and uh, they were, they wanted, they, they both wanted the blessing of God, of, 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 of their dad, Isaac, right? And so what happened? One day, Isaac goes to Esau, and he's like, Esau, you're such a great guy. You, 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 you go out there and hunt for me. You get this, you know, you get this such great venison. I love eating venison. It's so great and awesome. Go, go buy, go, go hunt some, get, get some, bring it back to me, and I'll eat it, and then I'll give you my blessing. And Esau's like, yes. I'm going to get the blessing. I'm going to be ahead in life. I'm going to have it all, right? right? And they didn't know that Rachel, the mom, she overheard what was happening, right? And she's like, ah, the blessing, finally. He's going to give the blessing. So she calls Jacob over, and she's like, Jacob, Isaac's going to give Esau the blessing, and you have to go take it. You need to dress up like Esau and, and go do this. And he's like, but mom... This is terrible. Like, I could get caught, and then it'd be, it'd be the worst. And she's like, if you get caught, it's on me. You know, that's what moms do, right? Like, if you get caught, it's on me. But you better do this. So, so they, get, they get, like, fur from dead animals, and they put it over Jacob's arms because Esau is so hairy, right, that he feels like an animal, evidently. And, uh, and, and, and they, get, they get some some venison, you know, that's probably, you know, hidden in the freezer out back, you know. No, I don't know where they got the venison, but they got it. They made it up. And then Jacob goes into Isaac, you know. Hello, father. I'm here with the, with, with the venison. And, and Isaac's like, well, that was fast. He's like, well, God took care of me. Yeah, um, yeah, here you go. Can I have the blessing now? And he's like, man, you, you kind of sound like Jacob. No, no, no. I me, mean, I, I don't sound like Jacob. Hey, he's a sissy. You know, I don't, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Esau, and this is your food. They're like, let me touch you. And yeah, go ahead, touch. You know, and they fool Isaac into giving, Jake, giving Jacob the blessing. Why was, this, why was this competition so important? Because the blessing was like, it was their future, it was their identity. It was like, this is who, who I'm going to be from now on because I've received the blessing. I'm going to be a success, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be joyful, I'm going to have all of these things because I've received the blessing. So Esau comes back and he's like, Dad, here's, here's the food, you know. Uh, and he's like, who are you? <laughs> he's like, well, I'm Esau. What are you? And, and uh, so Esau gets so upset at losing the blessing, he's like, I'm going to kill Jacob. And Jacob has to leave, okay? The, the, they want that blessing because they want success. And if they don't have success, then they feel like failures, right? 
And that sense of shame is that, is that sense that, that, that we, we don't measure up, that we don't have a future to look forward to, that, we, that, we don't, that our identity, our, the things that we think we are going to be, just aren't going to, it's not what we hoped for, it's not what we wish for. Shame feels like I'm a failure. It feels like I'm going to be pushed away, excluded. You know, it's the guy that never gets picked for the team. It's that sense of, I don't deserve good things. And they were in competition because there was only one blessing in a sense. Isaac had to give it, and they, they were trying to get it. And what we see when we get to Ephesians is that there's not just one blessing. God gives the blessing to those who trust in him. And it's a blessing for all who trust in him. And it's a blessing that's worth getting even more than the blessing that Isaac gave to Jacob instead of Esau. So notice what it says here in Ephesians chapter 1. And let's just notice the blessing that they receive and why that's important. Ephesians chapter 1 Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and he's writing to them because they're in this spiritual warfare. They're, they're, in, they're trying, they live in a community where there's this worship of Diana, and there's worship of all, the, all these other gods, and there's this, this fledgling church there that's like, hey, we believe in Jesus, not all those other gods. And like, people would be like, what? <laughs> no, Diana. I mean, people came from all over the Roman world to worship Diana in Ephesians, right? And there huge market for selling silver idols of Diana and silver trinkets of Diana, and everything revolved around Diana in Ephesus. And here's this church, and we're like, they're like, no, Diana's not important. Jesus is. And they were up against a huge challenge to believe that for themselves as well as to help other people believe it as well. And Paul here, in a sense, is saying, look, at the end of the book, he's going to say, you're in a spiritual warfare. Yes. But before you engage in battle, you need to know who you are. You need to know what, what God has made you to be. And if you don't realize that, then you're never going to be able to engage effectively in the war that you're involved in. And so he's writing here, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God... To the saints who are at Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like God is working in you. And he immediately tells them how God is working in you. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to the, his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And if you don't know, in Greek, that's one sentence. <laughs> it's like, he just like goes off on all the ways that, in a sense, God should be blessed because he's blessed us. 
And he's saying these are, in a sense, our identities that anchor your soul. These are the things that you should, that you should understand what God has done in your life. They should tell you who you are. And so the big idea this, this morning is that you are anchored to who you are in Christ because of what God has done. You are anchored to who you are in Christ. And that changes everything about who you are. And I want to just kind of think this through together by looking at, first of all, point number one, which is you aren't who you think you are. You are who you think you are. But that's what the world kind of approaches you or the culture around us approaches us and says, you know what, you need to figure out who you are. You need to figure it out. You need to figure out your personality. You need to figure out what you like, what you don't like. You need to figure all of those things out because once you figure those things out, then you're going to be happy, okay? And if you can figure those things out and, and put them together in such a way that, that makes you happy, then you're going to be successful and happy. And in some ways, it doesn't matter how much money you're going to make or how much, but you're going to be happy and you're going to be, you're going to be satisfied. Everything's going to be good once you figure out who you are. And the, the problem with that is, well, how do we know who we are when it comes right down to it? How, how do you know? Just, just a question. Fill in the blank on the sentence. The most important thing about me is, the most important thing about me is, how would you fill in that sentence? How would you fill that in? Now, it feels like sometimes what you have to do is like draw things out of a hat, you know? It's like, hmm, what is the most important thing about me? I'm just going to randomly go in and pull something out. And it's, oh, I'm fun. Yeah, I'm fun. And I do fun things. So when fun things come into my life, I do those. And the not fun things in my life, I don't do those, you know? And if, if it doesn't look like fun, I'm, I'm not going to do it because I am fun, Right? And, and we make choices like that based on who we think we are. It's almost like, yeah, I'm fun. Well, why wouldn't I be fun, you know? The problem is sometimes not, when we draw things out of a hat and we say, oh, this is who I am, sometimes people come, we don't only pick identities because we think who we are. We also pick identities sometimes based on what other people think we are, you know? People come into our lives and we don't think about who they are necessarily. We, we, we just, people just like, Oh, oh, yeah, um, you're not so fun. And you're like, oh, hmm, man, I must not be fun. Man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I, how, do I, how do I work this? Because someone else said I'm not fun, and, and I want to be fun. And, and all of a sudden, we're in this emotional turmoil about who we are and what we should do with ourselves and what would make us happy, right, in a sense, because we listen to somebody else say about who we are. Sometimes it feels like we just let genetics say who we are, right? Like, one of them in here is being athletic, you know? Like, if you've got the genetics for being athletic, then you're athletic, you know? And everybody, you know, as you get a little older and you, you know, go through puberty and you go through all those changes, and then somebody looks at you and says, man, you're athletic. And you're like, ooh, yes, I am. I, I do athletic things, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, oh, this sport over here, I, I do that sport, you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to get good at that sport, right? And we, we spend hours getting good at the sport because we think, well, I'm athletic. I've got I've to fulfill that identity, and it's not bad, but, but the question is, is that who you really are? 
I mean, I love soccer. In fact, in some ways, I feel a, a very alive playing soccer because it gets, in some ways it gets me out of my head. I have to concentrate totally on what I'm doing. And I have to think, you're, you're, you're in the moment totally playing soccer. But is that who I am? Or is that just something I do? So, so, so is that just because I, I won the genetic lottery of being not so tall, so I play basketball? You know what I mean? If I was taller, I would play basketball. But, it, but if I'm, since I'm short, I play soccer or maybe tennis. I don't know. What, what are tennis players? How tall do you have tennis players have to be? Right? Or, I have, or, or the opposite, right? If you have, you're like, well, I have no hand-eye coordination. None. It's not there. I am not athletic. Okay. Again, is that just because of genetics? Or maybe it's because of what you like. But what, what, if, you, what if you like sports, but you have no hand-eye coordination? Then you run cross-country. You know? <laughs> you know? It's the way it goes sometimes. But so why do we pick the, 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 the identities we pick? Again, sometimes it's because people pick them for us. You know, you can, you can grow up and, and be perfectly content with your family and your life situation, etc. and then someone comes in and says, oh, you're poor. You don't have enough stuff. You don't make enough money. Your family's not quite good enough. And all of a sudden, you're like, Phew. now what do I do? I'm, I'm poor. This is, this is who I am. I, I can't spend as much money as the other people. And I can't do this. And I can't do that. And this is my identity now. I just got to live with it. Or maybe you're fighting, right? I don't want to be poor. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to get a job where I make tons of money. Identities like this are are both easy to pick up, but also hard to get rid of. Sometimes it's a matter of, like, your skin. You, like, you don't think about what color your skin is. You don't consider it until someone comes along and says, well, you're this. And you're like, oh, is that good, bad? I don't know. The way we pick up identities is sometimes based on our desires, what we want. Sometimes it's based on what happens to us. Things in life that just happen. We, it's like, oh, I'm this identity now because it's happened to me. Maybe some, sometimes we think it's based on what we accomplish. A lot of times when I was growing up, right, the, the culture, the, my parents, the, the, my, the elders in my life, they were like, you are what you accomplish. How productive are you determines who you are. That can be good because it can motivate you to do stuff, but at the same time it can be really bad. Because what if you're bad at what you do? <laughs> How does that work? Sometimes it's based on what you can, what you, you can, you know, pull together for yourself. Or sometimes it's based on what other people say you are. Uh, so you see the challenge, right, is you really aren't who you think you are. Sometimes you think you, who you are is is really based on what other people think, and you really shouldn't think about what they think, that what they think doesn't even matter. What, what Ephesians 1 is saying is that when you've trusted in Christ, when you're connected to God, it doesn't matter who you think you are, 
It matters who God thinks you are. What he's done in your life is way more important than what you've done in your life or what you want or what you think is going to happen in your life. To illustrate this just a little bit, I need a couple of kids to help me out. So I need some volunteers. I need two, really. And I know this is going to be like, no, this isn't going to be hard. I'm not going to embarrass you. It's going to be fun. I just need two. Two kids. Caleb Hansen is shaking his head emphatically. <laughs> Caleb Hyman, thank you very much, Caleb. One more. One more. Come on out, Caleb. All right. One more to match Caleb. All right, Greta. Thank you, Greta. I, I prepped my kids. Save me, kids, <laughs> if no one volunteers. Okay, so you're going to take one of these. Take the ring on this side. And you're going to take this ring over here. Okay, We're, and step apart. Step, step away from me, okay? And kind of kind of hold it. You got a hold of it? You got a hold of it? All right, step, step, step that way, Greta. Okay, so... When your identity is based on your desire, let's just use an example of like introverted, right? The problem is you're never sure when you're happy because you're always under tension. So guys, step two steps away further. So like, yeah, feel that tension? Yep, okay. So, so like if you're introverted, you're like, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time with people. I want to be away from people. But then after a time, you're like, but man, I need some people in my life. And so you kind of go back the other direction. And then, and then it's like, oh, but, but man, I got too many kids, no, too many people in my life, like young moms, you know, they're like, they're, they're like, I, I want to get away from kids as soon as possible, you know, and you're, you're bouncing back and forth, thank you, Greta, for keeping it still, like, bouncing back and forth, and it feels like I, I can never just be settled as to what I really want out of my week, out of my days, out of my time, I'm just constantly bouncing back and forth, who am I, am I introverted, no, maybe I'm extroverted, or desire. I really need some people in my life. No, 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 too many people. And we just go back and forth, bouncing. Does it feel like I'm bouncing? Yes, definitely feels like I'm bouncing, okay? And we're trying to find this stable point. We're like, hey, can I just be stable here? And the problem is, frankly, with introversion and extroversion, is there is no stable point because you get the point is the more time you spend away from people, you're kind of like, well, I do need some people, and it gets worse and worse and worse. You're, you're good and strong, right? You can keep this going for a while. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm not going to let go. You know, but then when you start being with people, you're like, man, some people can just wear on you after a while. <laughs> you know, and so then you have the, the, the other problem of, okay, I'm, I'm going to take, Greta, can I take those? I take both that? Yep. I'm going to give both of them to Caleb. I'll see how strong Caleb is here. All right. Come here, Greta. Come on. We're going to pull you pull? You got both of them? Okay, now pull. Yeah, and it gets harder with two of them, isn't it? The problem is sometimes you want an identity. See how long they can hold it? <laughs> Not too long. You want, to, you want to get away from the identity you have, and so you pull, 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 but it, eventually it springs back, right? It just comes back. It's like you, you work up all this energy pulling away from something that's, that's true about you, and, and it, you can't ever get away from it, it seems like. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. You did a good job. Thank you. Give him a hand. And this is the problem when, when our identity is based on who we think we are. We're constantly bouncing back and forth with what, what we think will make us happy. 
And we're trying, trying to find this stable point, this default point that where everything flows, everything's good, everything's, everything's calm and happy and, and works just the way it's supposed to. And we, we can never find that point because we're always bouncing back and forth, back and forth. Because when our desires are based on what we make of our lives, we're never going to be stable. And what God is saying here in Ephesians chapter 1 is he's saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, in, in the heavenly places. What, you know that daddy, he's saying every blessing, okay, it's great. You think all the successful things, all the happy things in life, that's great. But then he adds the term every spiritual blessing, and when he adds that term spiritual blessing, what he's partially saying there is he's saying, he's saying this isn't just based on human capacity. It's not based on what you want out of life. It's not based on only the things that you can do with your life. It's based on what God can do with your life and what God is doing in your life. And he's given all the spiritual blessings that you can, that you can possibly receive to you. He also frames it, he says, in the heavenly places. So he's, he's saying, with that, he's, he's partially saying, this isn't based on change. It's not based on, okay, I've, I've got a lot of material blessings in my life and everything's great, and then Hurricane Ida comes in and wipes them out, and I'm back to nothing. Or like what happened to us this week, Tad was in a, got rear-ended, and Total the car, right? It's gone, right? At least for now. Like, the, the, the thing we had is gone. It, but when, when, when our blessings are placed in the heavenlies, they're, they're stable, they're permanent, they're secure. And if those are true of us, again, then it's, it's more like what he's saying here is, we, we've talked over the, over the last year about God being a rock. And it's like he, he clips us to that rock. But he does it in a certain way. There's two different, there's two different carabiners here. One's a, an S carabiner. So you clip one side to, and one side. And sometimes you think that's what God does with us. He, like God does so many things, and then we get access to kind of part of it. And so God does certain things, then we do other things, and we, we, stay, we stay stable. But he frames it in such a way here in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, "...who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing." What he's saying with that is it's more like this kind of carabiner where it's saying this is all that Christ, God did in Christ. This is all that God did in Christ. He, he died for sin. He, he gained eternal life. He gained it in a kingdom for eternity. And he put all of those together and they're not ever leaving Christ. And then he puts us in Christ. We're connected integrally to Christ. And Christ, in that sense, clips us on to the rock so that our, our identity is no longer based on our desires, like what do I want today, what do I want tomorrow, what's going to happen in the future, I don't know. But it's based on what Christ did for us, and we're clipped to that rock. And they use carabiners, right, to climb, to, to tie you securely to rocks so you can go somewhere on, 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 on places you could never go on your own. And that's who God has made us to be in Christ. And that brings us to a kind of sense point number two. You are who God has blessed you to be. This is, this is who you are. It's not based on your performance. 
It's not based on your genetics. It's not based on what other people say about you. It's based on what Christ has already done for you. And he lists off several things. You're chosen. You're adopted. You're redeemed. You're given an inheritance. You're sealed in the Holy Spirit. All of those things are what Christ gained for you at the cross and in the resurrection. And these are who you really are. When you're clipped into that rock, then, yeah, you can have a bad day, but I have Christ. Yeah, you can say, well, my career isn't going the way I thought it was going to go, but you're in Christ. Yeah, my kids, they're not, (laughs) they didn't turn out the way I, I hoped they'd turn out, but you're in Christ. My, my relationships, they aren't going quite the way I, I wish they would, but you're in Christ. This never changes. And once God has blessed you with this, this is who you are. It's not what you've done with your life. It's not the mistakes you've made. It's not how tall you are, how short you are, or how, what color of skin you are. None of those things matter. You are who God has blessed you to be. And we're going to look over the next several weeks at, at these things. What has God blessed you to be? Because, because I think what happens a lot of times in our, in our spiritual lives is we think, oh, okay, Jesus died for me and rose again. I'm willing to trust that, but I don't think about what that means on a day-to-day basis. Because when, you're, when you are something, when it's your identity, then you make decisions based on it. You, like, live it out, right? You're like, well, I'm athletic, and yeah, I, I like soccer, so there's an opportunity to play soccer, I'm going to play soccer. Or there's an opportunity to run cross-country, I'm going to run cross-country. Why? Because this is who I am. Or if you think, you know, this is, I've, I'm kind. Here's an opportunity to be kind, I'm going to be kind, right? We, we make decisions out of who we think we are. But we forget about who we are in Christ. We, we, it's always based on, well, what do I want? <laughs> What's going to make me happy? Or how's this going to go? What do I think is going to be important for the future? And we forget to make decisions to live out that we're chosen, that we're redeemed, that we're forgiven, that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and he's with us. When, when you live for yourself, I ran across this quote from a, a famous science, social scientist. He, he, was, he was famous for studying different cultures and how they worked and describing them and helping people understand them. And he, and he, but this is what he said about himself. He says, I have failed to integrate myself, to create a unitary self with a solid, dependable core. I am an assortment of conflicting needs, a multitude of opposing selves, an aggregation of wants and desires, some sordid, some sublime, but none constant or true. After all, I am only human. Is that who we are? Without God's blessing in our lives? Yeah, 
I'm only human. But I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I have a new identity. That's why Titus puts it, Paul tells Titus this. He says, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. He's saying, hey, you're not what you've done. (laughs) You are who you are because of the mercy of God. This is different than religion. Religion says you are how, how well you perform. You are how well you can keep the rules, and different religions have different rules, right? You got to go to this location, or you got to go to that location. You got to do these good deeds, or you got to do those good deeds, and they disagree. Christianity comes in and says, it's not about your performance, it's about the mercy and grace of God, what God did, his performance, his choices in our lives. Therefore, it's not about which particular family you're in, nor about really what you want. I go back to Jacob and Esau. Because that that competition over the blessing, there was a previous thing that happened. One day, Esau came in from the field. He'd been hunting, and it hadn't gone well. He was starving. And Jacob being manipulative like he was, he had created this great soup. Now, me, I'd be like, soup? Mm. I can take it or leave it, you know. Even when I'm hungry, who cares, you know. Give me some meat. Give me some bacon, you know. But, uh, but, but Esau's like, I'm, I'm going to die if I don't eat right now. And Jacob's like, well, I'll give you the soup if you give me your birthright. I'll give you the soup if you give me your birthright. And Esau's like, done. Who cares about a birthright? All I want is the blessing. But the blessing was, frankly, based on the birthright. It's who he is that matters. And that's who we are in Christ. We have this new life in Christ, this new birth. He has made us alive in Christ. And that birthright means we are blessed. They go together. So if you have trusted in Christ, you have this blessing. It is yours for eternity. You're chosen. You're adopted. You're redeemed. And we're going to look at those over the next several weeks and say, this is what it means and this is how we can live it out because this is who we are in Christ. So, who are you? Go back to that. The most important thing about me is fill in the blank. My goal today and over the next several weeks is for you to fill that out. The most important thing about me is what God has done for me in Christ. The way he has blessed me. And I want to live that out. You know what? We have, there's awful things going on in the world. we got Hurricane Ida going on. we got Afghanistan going on. School's starting up. That's not awful. <laughs> especially for parents. But, 
Uh, but with all of those things going on, here's foundation. Here's the rock we can cling to. In Christ, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. God has worked in my life, and I can cling to that. I can hope in that. I, I can live in that. Will you do that this week? Simple, simple way, right? Because I know how this works. You walk out of here, and you're hit with, well, you got to get A, B, and C done this week. Yeah, you know what? And you failed at D this week, and so um, I don't know how people are going to think about you because of D. And you're going to be like, who am I? What am I going to do? How am I going to live? And you have to, you have to, you have to go back to, but I'm chosen. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. I'm adopted. I can trust the God who has worked in my life. Will you do that? Heavenly Father, we thank you for how you've blessed us in Christ. We thank you that we don't have to be living just always in tension, trying to figure out what we want and how to make ourselves happy, but we can rest in being anchored to the rock of Christ. You have chosen us from the foundation of the world to be before you. You've adopted us into your family. You've redeemed us and forgiven our failures and sins. You've, you've brought us and, and given us a destiny, a future that's secure, regardless of what happens. Lord, help us to stay clipped to that rock, to remember who we are in Christ, to live based on what God has done for us. In your son's name we pray, amen.